Welcome to Minority Corner with an Eke and James, the, the Wonder, Wonder Twins, Twins of podcasting. podcasting. Learn, laugh, play. It's like Blue's Clues, only it's more black, queer, and ladylike. This week on Minority Corner. What you got, James? I'm ready to just be your passenger. Well, you are, you ain't no scrub, my friend. You ain't no scrub. Uh-uh. Uh, no. <laughs> well, <laughs> I uh, am not. So much to talk about. I, Kevin Hart is back in the pages, so we need to discuss him. Oh, God. So much. I don't even understand what's going on. Um, also, PETA has some really interesting ideas about what, like, racism is. Oh, God, Peter. Or, uh, Peter and Kevin Hart need a timeout, apparently. Yeah, timeout, timeout. Uh, Vulture, yeah. I have a, I, we have some gripes to pick with you, Vulture blog. Yeah, I am, come on, internet blog. And uh, Ryan Murphy's got a plan, uh, and I'm going to tell you what that plan is. I'm excited. I want to get your take on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. The spooky-ass <laughs> show. <It's> gonna... <laughs> I'm ready to hear about it. Um, yeah, those are some topics that we're definitely going to be tackling, but you got the main floor. I'm going to take the floor. Uh, James to the floor, ladies and gentlemen, because I have some... I have James uh, and the giant floor. I have some reporting to do. I went to the out summit uh, uh, conference recently, and I'm going to give you the state of gay rights around the globe, and specifically Ooh. Article 377 in India, uh, which is paving the way for gay rights across around the world and its massive ripple effects. So, lots to talk about there. I got my bags packed. Yes, I got my big floppy hat ready oh, to go travel the country and see what is going on. Some of these places. Oh are hell hot. yeah! <laughs> mm-hmm. well, Gotta le- protect my skinnies. Yeah. Keep that beautiful skin together, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Well, should we go? Let's get into it. Well, hello, hello. Is this thing on? Hi, Captain. Check, check, Hi, check. Captain, no captain. Okay. <laughs> I'm, James I, am is driving today? the ship. I <laughs> am skipping it up. <laughs> I am just going to sit here in the passenger seat. But you ain't, you, you know what you are? You ain't no scrub. What? You ain't no scrub hanging out the passenger no! side of your best friend's ride trying to holler at I me. Mean, <laughs> we are trying to holler at the listeners. That doesn't sound that bad, honestly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, let's rewind. Well, you know what it is. It depends yeah. what that may I won't call him a scrub because I wasn't there. I wasn't no, there. Allegedly, we don't have the full story. Allegedly, we're losing one yes. side of the story. Exactly. And it depends what he was saying. So Right. It, was he hollering because you dropped um a ten dollar bill? He's like, hey, you left your money. Or I know. was he like, hey, look at that ass. I want to bounce a quarter off of it. And then that's Well then the, that's a scrub. That's, that's Fuck a scrub. that guy. That's a scrub. Yeah, that's a scrub. <laughs> you know what I wish they had done to that would have what? solved all of this and we would have no questions. We'd know exactly what was going on. What? The music video should have been the the, yeah! the, the the recreation of that moment, so we could have seen it. James, you're tapping into a point that has always been a pet peeve of mine. Yes. Even back to Scrub Days, yes. when you have such a visual storytelling yes. ass song, yes. why are you gonna give me some weird space age shit that me- that like does not even go along with the nothing? Which it was the set that was left over, I believe, from Michael Jackson's Janet Jackson's Scream. Scream. Like it literally was the same yes. set that was left over, <laughs> had nothing to do with that damn song. Yes, it's sort of similar to like, um, but Destiny's Child's 
bugaboo. It is right full mm. of so many moments of like, let's see this, you know? Yes. Uh, throwing your pager out the window, calling MC- right? MCI to cut the phone pole, breaking your exactly. lease so you can move. I want to see these things. This All is- we see them is walking down the street wearing <laughs> cowboy hats. I'm not, I don't want to see that. And crochet tops. Can we, I mean, and they actually, wires crossed, I think there was a guy sitting in his passenger's side of his friends hollering at them. So it's like, oh, get it together. so they should have switched the fucking should've, video should've visuals. The visuals. It was mm. written by the same songwriter, so I don't know if that's where... It was? Candy Burris wrote... Um, I, I believe so. Or that's, what I, that's what my 13-year-old mind remembers hearing, that it was like okay. the same writers, because they were just like, that man hate time okay. of like, <laughs> you not paying these bills. And because beat. I know that Candy Burris from... Um, Wasn't she a housewife? Yes, she's from I, Real Housewives. Props to me that I know that having never yeah. having never seen a single episode of any of the Housewives. <laughs> you haven't seen one? Not a single one. Not a oh, single. Wow, I that's know. actually. Very, I, I'm very proud of you because it is a dark, addictive drug to be in. I've never seen an episode mm-hmm. of Housewives, a Kardashian mm. show, or no. a Jersey Shore. I missed all. Of, I have never seen none. You missed Jersey Shore? Yeah. You know what happened? What I happened? was on a cruise ship at the time when that was going down I was way out of the country oh. and so when I came back I was mm-hmm. everyone's talking about I'm like you mean Suki as in Suki Stackhouse like I knew about You're True like, Blood no. they're like no Snooki <laughs> look at you with your HBO and not your Ooh. MTV yeah well, so highbrow excuse oh yeah I was you know aging out of the MTV no I wasn't no, I was I watched I think I just let go of MTV like a, two or three years ago I was like wait this is not fine to me I don't even I don't even tap in it it does not appeal to me at all. Well, it's weird because like when I remember being like 12 and I felt like so racy that like, ooh, I'm watching this yeah. adult channel. I actually was the demographic for that channel. Yeah, when they were aiming for you. They were like, ooh, <laughs> let's amp it up a little bit for these 12 year olds so they feel titillated. <laughs> I think, <And> then- <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think up until, I think I watched probably MTV religious, like consistently all the way, I would say to like 20, to about 22. Once I got left college, I think I was like, okay, I'm done. Oh, wow. I would say I I even went a little bit later. Probably like 25, 26 is when H, uh, um, MTV was just yeah. like I might be around that same time. Out. Yeah, it's always, yeah where I was by like, the time you garbage. can't be on the railroad anymore, you're like, oh, I what, see. Why bother? I can't. The cutoff was 24. <laughs> well, now that we've got the giggles out of the way, I would like to talk to you about something that I was stressed to talk to you about because I didn't know how I felt. Uh-oh. And stress. But now I now I know I have some feelings about it. So I want to do okay, tell Kevin me. Hart redo part oh two. Oh God. Isn't it funny? He's that, just fucking up. And the He's funny thing just fucking up. <laughs> the funny thing is last week we didn't even touch on this whole entire Oscar de- Oscar debacle. Because that didn't even happen yet. <laughs> we launched the episode and it just started going down, and I was like, oh my God. We Kevin have premonition. Hart. <laughs> That's a Raven day. Um, I know. So if you disappeared from this last week, welcome back. And Hi. Welcome back to the world, I guess. Well, there's some yeah. good stuff happening, but not this. Yeah, there's no. This is a weird thing. So Kevin Hart. This isn't like a necessarily like bad. That's it's true. Just it's like just sort of like fucking like a, up. Yeah, that's it's literally, gossip literally what my notes. Up. My note says Kevin Hart done fucked up. That's what I have in my notes. <laughs> that's the truth. So Kevin Hart okay, was, supposed, so just, to, oh, he was yeah. supposed to host the Oscars, right? And yeah. 
And uh, there was a lot of outcry about it because he mm-hmm. has a lot of like he has uh, you know homophobic tweets from back in like 2011, mm-hmm. and even his like stand up. I think he said something to the effect of, you know, if my son, I ho- I hope my son's never gay because if I, I think I'd have to kill him or something to that effect. Which is like that's not mm-hmm. a joke. Yeah, that's a threat. The, yeah, that's where's the punchline, buddy? Yeah, um, I know. And actually, to the point where like, I had got and, and so there's a lot of information coming at me, and I. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how I was feeling about it. And it's not that I was like, ooh, oh. in support of like, ooh, yeah, Kevin Hart, say those things. Mm-hmm. I guess I just get a little weary anytime everything gets to like the the court of public opinion and it, things get so crazy so fast and so angry mm-hmm. so fast. And especially I think like I am a little biased because I, especially when it's geared towards a, another, a black male and a black male. But I mean, even with that notion of what happened last week, I well, that's the thing. Like, I think I was even exhausted by what happened last week. I was like, oh, Kevin. like I, I think here's what I had seen. At I was first. disgusted. And okay. I, yeah. I was not like, I, for one, I was like, okay. Cause I was just taking the information bit by bit. And I was like, okay, okay, giving him the benefit of the doubt. All right, it's 2011. He had issued wow. a quote unquote, like, and there was a different time. 2011, gay marriage was not passed. And there's many politicians who are pro gay marriage now who were not at that time. Like, it was a lot has happened. And I think that people's opinions can change and evolve. And I want to create space for that. And uh-huh. when he did say in like his message of like, you know, I've already apologized for that. And uh-huh. I just, you know, I'm in a good place right now and I'm trying to like move on. And so I was weighing uh-huh. that. I was weighing that. Um, but then, then when I look at different things of like, uh, you know, LGBTI, LGBTQ folks are like 120% more likely to commit suicide, especially young people. 45% mm-hmm. of the LGBTQ uh, youth are homeless. So like those things that he's saying are very damaging and the damage has been uh-huh. done. And yep. at the same token, it's like, I, yeah, you've maybe apologized for them before in the past, but like, if you Why want you this, get rid of them? If you want at the yeah, and if you want this job at the Oscars, like you're gonna have to apologize again. Like there's uh-huh. a, sometimes there's no end to like when you say something nope. publicly, like it's gonna follow you. It's the same thing of like how sometimes like you know white people are like, well, why do I have to keep apologizing for racism or not like not to that effect, but you know like the thing of like it uh-huh. happened and you, until it's not there anymore, we're gonna right. it, it'll keep coming back up. So that's how I feel like. I wanted to, okay, so first and foremost, I personally was done with Kevin Hart Mm -hmm. because I feel like he, one, I get really mad, especially the fact that he is a person of color Yeah, and he had this god awful antiquated party for cowboys and indians right. which i think is like bullshit Ugh. no excuse to do that yeah, totally. ask his little kid what his little kid heart wants i will be- believe you me it's not gonna be cowboys and indians because that's not in the public <laughs> culture anymore you know yeah listen to your kids on what they want for their party right. and then he doubled down on it didn't yes. apologize Abs- right and then he's doing the same shit Right. Again, yet again, minority person of color is attacking another group. Yeah. Um, yeah, he apologized about it before, but you need to be clearly people don't keep asking for apologies if, if your apology yeah. is sincere. And you've really done it. Yeah. Agreed. You, you know? know? Mm-hmm. And just proving by the controversy that happened before with um his kids' par- birthday party. Yeah. 
Kevin Hart's apologies are egotistical and bullshit. That I was thinking about that too. It seems like there's a lot of sort of ego ran into it of like, yes. well, I've already I've already apologized for this, so why am I having to do it again? And I think like honestly, mm-hmm. what I see past that is I honestly think he has embarrassment and shame about it, like deep down inside. Yeah. And I think like mm-hmm. anything this goes to a deeper issue of how we don't t- teach men how to deal with their feelings. In the mm-hmm. same way as like the guy in, in the White House, like one of the biggest things in Brene Brown's book shame is a huge is one of the t- most terrifying things for men to be able to experience and mm. it's so deep down inside that I think it's a lot of shame and it comes out as well, I've already done this because he's so deep inside of his shame right. um, that it, it, it feels like he's then like a terrible person and he's wrong and he's bad and he's weak if he were to admit that and so it's a deep conversation of like teaching men um, to, 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 to you know fuck shame or to be able to like you know deal with their feelings and be able to process things in a better way yeah that to treat it as a strength to accept shame yeah because it takes a strong person to really apologize to really Mm -hmm. be contrite on what they Mm -hmm. do to really understand what's going on how they've hurt people instead of just being in your own self bubble and egotistical and not listening to what other people have to say it's really disheartening um also, he cheated on his pregnant girlfriend. Oh, well, there's that. So, Kevin yeah. Hart, three strikes, you're out for me, well, buddy. And it sucks because I, I, I thought he was funny. I liked his yeah, stand-up. I liked him but, in the scary movie three and four. That's how I first found out about Kevin Hart. That's those are o- things that I haven't seen. I think those are the only things that I've actually really seen Kevin Hart in, and I really enjoyed his performance oh. in those. I his stand up is good. Okay, or it was well, from well, what I remember. From those, you know, comments. You know, yeah. it's so interesting though too. I, I think I was disappointed by the whole entire situation because I think, you know, and this is an interesting thing. ABC is very quick to fire someone because the Oscars mm-hmm. are on ABC and they do not mm-hmm. fuck around. They fired James Gunn. Uh, mm. They fired Roseanne, and mm-hmm. I. I as you can see, if you're working at ABC, they have a zero tolerance policy. I also think they need to vet people a little bit more. Yeah, I, maybe vet people before you're... <laughs> but I just wonder, too, I feel like it's... And I guess maybe mm-hmm. Kevin Hart wasn't going to come around to this, but I just, again, feel like it's a missed opportunity to have... Like, when we just... To have mm-hmm. a, a deeper discussion. I would have loved to have seen it like him to still do the Oscars and maybe there's a better conversation that happens through it. Like he does a bit <sighs> or, or or something about it. I just like now it seems like the he, door is closed yeah. and he has such a platform but I mean, clearly to, to have a conversation. He didn't, he I mean, it was just I, I'm done with him. Totally. Because it's like, come on, let's grow up a little bit. So Be an adult. It seems like what it is, it's sort of like how people, it's not so much that people have said these things, it's people what... People fuck up. People do fuck up. Because, like, there's a barrage of, like, based on homophobic tweets alone, like, Tiffany Hash, mm-hmm. Sarah Silverman, Amy Schumer, Tina Fey, all cannot host the Oscars based on just that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess, like, and Sarah Silverman's been taking a task for it, but she did, has in several interviews, like, said that she, and I'm not the hugest Sarah Silverman fan because I felt like, mm-hmm. you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, she was just saying mm-hmm. shit that I'm like, you don't have the right to talk about these things. Like, right. who are you? I'm actually, I'm right there with you where I really wasn't a Sarah Silverman fan, but she has yeah. honestly 
proven herself right. to me. And I think that's the thing that I think what you and I are kind of sitting on. It's not like we're not like for uh, people who are hurt by these comments. We're gonna remember. We remember, but <laughs> it's not like, but we're. It's not that we're not forgiving. You know, it's like we want people to like come around right. to the other side, and so it's sort of right. like like Sarah Silverman. I'm like, all right, I'm totally fine with her now because she literally yeah. has said like I cringe at what I used to say and what I you know what I did. And so exactly. she's taken ownership of it. Exactly. Mm. Wow. Oof, well, that felt good. Um, <laughs> so, Cleansing. people who, well, here's one that uh, an organization that maybe needs to apologize. Can we talk Uh-oh. about PETA? Oh my God, this thing is so stupid. What the What is wrong fuck? with that? I don't dip on a Twitter often, but and I did mm-hmm. see this. I uh, Twitter is, this is so dumb. Tweet, uh, not Twitter, Twitter. Twitter. Twitter, no, PETA. PETA essentially mm-hmm. has equated the usage of like saying things like uh, beat a dead horse or bring home the bacon to the N word. Which is. Thoughts, Neko. <laughs> what do you think? Okay. So- <laughs> First of all, the way that they went about it first is they were trying to be cutesy and provocative by yeah. like saying like instead of like beat a dead horse, you say things like feed a fed horse, right. which, you know, because it's like uh, anti-animal. So that alone is dumb and hokey and corny and stupid. Yep. But then when they got challenged to the floor of it, they started to, to compare it to um, mm. homophobia, to racism, to sexism. <laughs> Um, which you cannot do. No. Because no. Um, it's not like a horse is going to try and get a job. <laughs> and because we say these sayings, the horse is now, you know, right. systematically oppressed by America. <laughs> that is so, a great point. Yeah, it's very true. So while I do love animals yeah. and while I think that we need to give more respect to animals and yes we should have like I don't like the way that animals are treated right. when processing our food and stuff yeah. I don't think that we need to do go to these lengths by comparing it's almost just as bad to say that the plight of animals is that to those of um, oppressed people in the country yeah. is equating oppressed people to animals so like i I, pita came across very privileged with their response well this this. is what it made me realize and we've said this like i feel like this has been a common theme since episode one is Uh that this is why you need to have a diverse staff and this is how i know that the people that came up with this little campaign there was no people of color in this room because a black person would have been walking down the hallway poked her head in and been like no no <laughs> no like, no and even i would even go as far to say more than people of color they didn't have anybody who was dis- disabled oh, in the room yeah. they didn't have anybody that was probably economically unstable yeah. in the room yeah they didn't have like like it's all of these people clearly have no other fucking thing right. that would yeah. <laughs> like sound the, the alarms. Ah, What's Peter, wrong with you? Peter, you are not bringing home the bagels with this one. Oh, that's another one of their <laughs> dumb things. Which is like. 
like <clears throat> I would have been fine if they were like, haha, we did this, and then somebody was like, you shouldn't do that, and they were like, yeah, you're right, this is stupid. And that's then it. we <clears throat> could like say it and be like dumb and corny or whatever. Don't you double down. I like how people always want to try. I feel like people always try to run to like knowing what it's like to be a black person or like feeling like they're like oh I'm surprised I didn't use a thing of like you know when they use a mule it's like it's like slavery like I'm like it's a it's stones throw away so you cut it's that it's so sh- close it's cut that uh, shit yeah, yeah cut that out um I don't know if you've been on Vulture recently okay I got a bone to pick with Vulture Me right too. now I think we would have the same bone but you kick it off I'm okay. not happy um what's up with the subscription service what? bullshit what what like I don't you're a blog that yeah so now like on Vulture you only get to have look at a certain amount of articles a month I've already hit my quota and it's not yeah, even halfway through the too. month I'm like looking on different browsers and shit yes I, I know. don't read I... my recaps Vulture <laughs> I the same thing happened to me. I was trying to read a Grey's Anatomy recap, and it was like, "Boop, yeah. you've done too much." Like, uh-uh. I, I like so I started. What you can do to trick the system, you can go to like a different web browser, like a Nick I was saying. So I like dip know, into Safari, then I had to dip this. into my phone, and then oh, you could also use an incognito window. That'll get it. Oh, it will. <laughs> yeah. Just like you're looking at porn or some shit. <laughs> what you doing to us, Vulture? Like this is. Be- it's too much and like I I think it's a slippery slope because I don't want other websites mm-hmm. I can't be paying for all this information I'm appreciative of the work that you do but there has mm-hmm. to be another way just put more ads up put more ads up that's fine I know I'm fine with ads I'll just block them anyway so it's like you know do what you gotta do to get your little monies but like <laughs> I don't it's not like you're the you're not like the New York Times yeah. where you can be like or Wired where you're actually like I mean Vulture is is, the, what is it? it? The New, New York, York Magazine? Oh, New, New York, York Magazine. Magazine. Oh, okay, yeah. But still, you don't call yourself the New York Magazine blog. You call yourself Vulture because you're a culture blog. So why are you like being limiting on the... I'm glad that you had the same sort of reaction I, that I did because did. I was that like, upset me. At first, I was like, "Is this just happening to me? Am I being targeted?" And I was like, <laughs> "Well, I'll have to bring." I don't know. They're coming after me. <laughs> I don't know, Putin. You never know. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> shout out to Ryan Murphy. Okay, what's going on with Ryan Murphy? He has a multi-million dollar plan to vote out anti-LGBT politicians, and so okay. he was just—he uh, was at the Trevor Live Los Angeles Gala last night, and mm-hmm. he was accepting the Hero Award, and he was pretty much referencing that like over twenty anti-LGBT right-wing politicians um, were wiped out in this last midterms, and he's mm. going to be organizing an organization to uh, target specifically LGBT. Um, anti-LGBT uh, politicians. So mm. I thought that was yes. a, was I thought that was really cool. All the snaps. He's using his platform. Yes. For good. Yes. Thank you, Ryan Murphy. Also, I have to give props for Ryan Murphy because he is always involved in diverse casting too. Mm-hmm. I yeah. You know? And he's someone who's sometimes work it's problematic. Ha- yeah, and but I think his work has really evolved. Like if I see it like n- from like Nip Tuck to where he is now, or was the first one yeah. popular to where he is now, you know? I forget I, which one, but yeah. And I I, I like it's it just it's definitely gotten even like where like from where he is now from Glee, you know? And yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I will say Ryan Murphy has really pushed the envelope of television. Every one of his series are so different. Um, yes. 
And he really pushes the conversations and the narratives with like pretty much almost every show that he does is driving mm-hmm. some sort of conversation in a new genre, you know? Yeah, with still being campy. He doesn't mm-hmm. ever lose his camp touch, Always which I there. like. Campy camp camp. And, you know, and he, I, he keeps doing his thing and including fresh faces, new voices, stuff mm. like that, which, you know, yeah. I'm glad that he's taking it to the pol- political sphere, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. I know that you had said that you were dabbling in this. I finally, okay, what am I dabbling in? I finally caved in and watched the chilling adventures of Sabrina. The Sabrina. I'm, I'm interested in your thoughts. I finished it last night. It took me a while. Oh, I um, haven't finished it. It took me a while. You surpassed me. I did. Um, I, I think I'm in a space too. I think ever since I got back from Tony Robbins, it's hard for me to just like sit down and binge. And also the episodes are mm. one hour long. And so for yeah, me, I'm like... Yeah, it's harder to binge in a, in a long I'm episode. like, I gotta go do something else. I can't be sitting here for two hours. Um, well, I mean, that's why I do things while I watch oh, right, things yeah. now. Like I, you know, I'm filling out Christmas cards. Okay. I'm crocheting. Yeah. I am, you know, things getting, like that. Getting shit done. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, I, I things I really appreciated right out of the bat was I appreciated like the, the diverse casting that was happening in the show. Yes. There's like mm-hmm. three black women in the show. Four, I think yes. four or five. I count actually off the top of my head, like six black people in the show. Six. Oh, people now. Okay. Yeah, people um, in general. Because there's um, her friend. Her friend. Her friend's Stassi dad. Sass. Her friend's dad. Yeah, her friend's her dad. Friend's, uh, her, also her friend's grandmother. I don't know if you, she pops in there. I haven't gotten to her friend's okay. family. Okay, yeah. Her family so. comes up in there. Okay. Uh, Sassy her witch, cousin. Sassy witch witch. Yes, I love that her cousin's just like, you know, British black guy. Yeah. I uh, yeah, and also like you know, there's the Asian American actress on there that you talked about yeah. on the show. And so I just mm-hmm. appreciated it. I will say that watching it, it made me miss I know you didn't watch this, but I like obsessed with the show, but it made me miss Buffy a lot. And oh. how Buffy was also just really, really funny. And I kept watching Sabrina and wanting it to be that funny, witty witty it just writing. Wasn't. It's just not. And I felt like it was missing that. Yeah. And, but then by the time I got to episode six, I finally was just like Okay, you're not gonna be funny. And okay, and I released that like want and desire for it to yeah. be and just accepted it for what it is. And I will say, like, it's by the time you get to the end of the season, you're like, wow. It's it's a it's I would say it's a really well contained story. Like Netflix shows okay. tend to slog on. Yeah, they do in the middle. And this one doesn't. It just kind of okay. like everything has a reaction and you can feel like every the entire season was very well written that everything connects to something else. So, yeah. Um it's way darker than I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, she, this Melissa Joan Hart, she ain't. They actually, there's a clip <laughs> of the old cast watching. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, they were like, this cute. is scary. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Melissa Joan Hart's like, I can't let my kids watch this. <laughs> I was really surprised by it. I mean, I watched a little bit of Riverdale. Um, oh, I haven't seen that. Because I actually was, that was the comic book that I read growing up. Really? I read Archie comments all the time. Oh, oh yeah. I was, okay. a, I was an Archie and Jughead fan. So I was like, let me watch this Riverdale. And <laughs> Riverdale was sexier than I expected. I was like, this is sexier than I expected. <laughs> yeah, and then the I was like, thank like, God they're all skin, old. Skin, skin, skin. Yeah. Shirts going off. And Murder. So, since it's in the same um, universe. It's in the town next over. They reference yeah, Riverdale all the time in Sabrina. They're like, are you going to Riverdale? 
Are they from yeah, Riverdale? Yeah, I know they did. <laughs> but then I think like because of that, they were like, okay, well, Riverdale is the sexy show, so we're going to make this one the spooky show. Yeah. So well, like oh, it wasn't even spooky. It's like <laughs> devil worshiping scary. It's intense. And that's actually, know. you know what? That's where I was actually not okay with it. At first I was like, I what know. the fuck is happening? <laughs> My know. little Christian soul is going off. Like they, they literally take it so far. They're like, hail Satan. I'm like, oh my God, you guys. Calm down. Like I like that's why I miss on on Buffy. The witches were just witches. They weren't like you yeah, know. But I that's think what, like, but what threw I do, me off. But then what I do appreciate is that she's actually spoiler alert trying to go against him. And so I was like, okay, so she is gonna but be a at hero. At the same time, it's a lot. there's that. It's but then there's lot. everybody else that's just so fucking casually into satan yeah i know and i They're think like, oh yeah let's just go to the school where it's like satan satan <laughs> like, <laughs> the dark lord like... i think what's gonna be happening is she's going to like change the system that's my theory i think that she's gonna work from that's within a lot the... i know that's a lot of work but to she... do well keep watching because she'd be okay, doing I'll some things wa- she'd be doing some okay. things oh but I'll the plus watching. is too what i do love it's a very feminist show it uh, is. And especially, like, if you think the audience, like, uh, I love us, but we're definitely not the target demographic audience for the show. But no, we'll watch we're it. we're too old. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> what I do love is that, like, it's very feminist. And so, like, these young people who are watching it, like, there's the mm-hmm. Wicca, like, they start a group in high school called Wicca. And it's, like, women's yeah. intersectional. The fact that that was yeah. a word. I just good. learned that word, like, six years ago. So... <laughs> I, love I mean, it. back when we were in high school, this shit wasn't going on. It was not Let's just. Well, we, that's the thing. We t- would have to be like very advanced, right? And that's the thing that I really appreciate about this because going as I'm actually restarted watching Buffy again, and I love it, mm-hmm. but it's so white and oh yeah yeah and it was a different time and my brain didn't even really pick i was just so used to so much whiteness that my brain didn't even pick up on it at that time but that's just what it was just casual just what Mm -hmm. it was and there'd be like a little character here a little character there but nowadays i love that like it's it's that the right shows are just kind of like exploding with like there's a non-binary character on sabrina i just yeah i'm really i'm into it I feel like it's good for the young set, except for like everything I love about it, except for the devil it's just, worship. <laughs> it's just spooky to me, and I'm fine with devil worship. Like if you're in, if you're a Satanist, good for you. That's your religion. You do your thing. I appreciate it, but I just wasn't expecting how spooky that shit. Was. It is, and it gets gruesome. Throats get slashed. People get murdered I was and like, killed. What am I- Watching like even like goblins, there's exorcisms. They weren't kidding. Like the the description of the show, they were like, "It's like Riverdale meets The Conjuring," and I'm like, "Okay, it can't be that scary." No, I have to watch it with the lights on. I told you when you were asking me like what shows to watch, and you gave me those examples. I was like, I mean, Sabrina for horror, because there's like, and when you said that, I was like, like, "Sure, Aneke, horror, Sabrina." It is spooky as hell. Like at one point, they're like, um. Like, this isn't, like, too much of a spoiler, but she kind of has her own, like, witchy quinceanera. Oh, she <laughs> does. Bar mitzvah. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, the way that they were talking about it in preparation for it, they're like, yeah, you just do it and it's whatever. Don't even worry about it. And I was like, ooh, maybe it's going to be fun. Ooh, like, ooh, there'll be some parties and some music, spooky, some dancing. for apples. No. <laughs> no, this shit is, like, fucking people wearing, like... 
like I don't know. Devil it was horns scary. And like, it was... give me your hand. I need your blood to sign <laughs> no. this. Well, it's it is it is a lot, and it's it, it's a lot throughout. Um, but it's it does. I think like by the time you get to episode six, you're kind of like numb to all the spookiness. You're just like okay, kind of like when I used to watch Nip Talk yeah. and just be like, at first the surgeries would be so intense for me, and now I'm just like oh, yeah. okay, you know, you just get a little used yeah, to no. it. I mean, it's a taste preference because I'm sure that we have some listeners out there that love themselves some spooky shit. They, so you know, into it, eat it up, eat it, eat it up. Gobble, gobble. I will. I prefer my teenage drama with a splash of sexiness. So I'm gonna Ooh. just continue with my Riverdale. I want. Well, speaking, of, <laughs> but you know that originally before Sabrina was gonna be on Netflix, she was actually gonna be on the season two of Riverdale. And she was gonna be the villain, and she was Ooh, gonna fuck I, shit up for them. I kind of like that she's not the villain. Yeah, they were. She was gonna be like witches, yeah. goblins, goobity goo. I know. <laughs> and they're like, Sabrina, See, we're just the, trying that's to have Sabrina sex that here. I want. I want witches and goblins <laughs> and spookiness like that, not like fucking. Here's oh, fucking I'm sorry. Pocephus she actually would have been he's... like witches and goblins, <laughs> and I'm gonna slit your throat with my magic and exactly. the. Uh, so they were like, maybe that's too much. So she's like, there's Sabrina, we're just trying to have sex. All there is like some weird witch orgies that happen. So stay tuned. I told you <laughs> this show like, is wild. Uh... <laughs> it is wild. It's wild. Wow, oh, man. Speaking of wild, shall we get yes. into the wildness of the rest of this episode? <laughs> I am ready to go into your corner. Like I said, skippering it up we over are... here on my cushy seat. You got the steering wheel. Honk honk. Let's we, go. We are going in a random direction from anything else that we've been talking okay. about all today. Uh, we're going to be talking about the state of gay rights around the globe. So, randomly different. Let's do it. Hey, if you like your podcast to be focused and well-researched and your podcast host to be uncharismatic, unhorny strangers who have no interest in horses, then this is not the podcast for you. Again, what's your deal? (laughs) I'm Emily. I'm Lisa. Our show's called Baby Geniuses. And its hosts are horny adult idiots. We discover weird Wikipedia pages every episode. We discuss institutional misogyny. We ask each other the dumbest questions and our listeners won't stop sending us pictures of their butts. We haven't asked them to stop, but they also aren't stopping. Join us on Baby Geniuses every other week on MaximumFun.org. All around the world, we're going on a global tour. Been around the world, aye, 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 aye. How the gay rights doing? I don't know when. Now I'm gonna tell you, you how do these know. gay rights doing. No, you, I know where you. If now. you don't know, then what are we doing in this corner right now? <laughs> well, I was thinking from the listener's perspective. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you gotta say who the perspective is, because then is that every song is then we're say. back to a fucking Shan- Shanice <laughs> the, reference. Oh, yeah. Every song should start off with the artist saying, "This is from the point of view of me," or like <laughs> my ex lover. So that way we know. So I went to the Out Summit, which was a conference. Um, yes, w- James just showed me the pamphlet <laughs> like I'm watching a television show. Uh, <laughs> so you know, the more you know. Uh, so I, you, um, I kind of talked about it a little bit, but I am the community programs coordinator at the National Queer Theater, which is cool. a new startup theater company. And in June, part of World Pride was going to be happening here in New York. The first time World Pride's ever been done in the U.S. is going to be happening here in New York, and it's also the 50th anniversary of Stonewall. 
Oh, wow. And we're going to be organizing my theater company, the Criminal Queerness Festival. We're going to be doing four different plays uh, from new playwrights around the world. I love where, this. From countries where being uh, queer is criminalized. Oh, wow. And Deep. so we're actually looking to work with things like Outright International, the UN. Yes. We have some uh, legwork going there. And cool. essentially, this conference, the Out Summit, is essentially a gathering of lawyers from around the world who are working to uh, essentially fight civil rights for for LGBTI people around the globe. Heroes. Heroes. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I was there like for the conference. And I was like, I need to take notes for the listeners because this is yeah, like... Yeah, that's I good. I need to give you the information about just like what's going on around uh, the world. Karamo Cub was one of the speakers. Karamo from, que- from Real World the... Philadelphia. Queer, just, is, is it just Queer Eye now? Um, well, I know him from Real World Philadelphia. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, well, I know. You're doing your throwback. Because <laughs> I've not seen the new Queer Eye. You're um, just, but- you just basically pull, you're like, I don't have CDs. I have records on That's Kuma. me. That's me. I'm like, I knew you when, Karamo. I knew you when. Um, but yeah, it, it's also so great to see him so like out and proud because he actually came out like on the real world. It was part of his journey mm. and process and was very much in the closet. Yeah. Um, so Now he has uh, two kids. And right. now he has two kids. He's got a TV show. It's been gay and fabulous. Loves so, a bomber. Have you noticed that? He does love himself a bomber jacket. <laughs> uh, so the kind of how I want to talk about this is I want to talk about one of the main ripple effects for that entire conference was yes. about Article 377. And okay. this is from India. And Article mm. 377 was essentially a law that um, was about un- unnatural offenses. And it says, mm. whoever voluntarily has carnal intercourse against i feel like i'm watching sabrina carnal intercourse i know they say the, carnal a lot <laughs> yeah but this is way not this is not this, fluff. yeah not that so whoever voluntarily has carnal intercourse against the order of nature with any man woman or animal shall be punished with imprisonment for life or with imprisonment of either description for a term which may extend to 10 years and shall also be liable to a fine. So that's mm-hmm. Article 377 and it mm-hmm. was struck down just back July 2018 uh, by these two leading lawyers, Dr. Maneka Gurswami mm. and Arhandati Kaju. And mm. these two lawyers were there and they essentially mm. were talking about the process of what happened. And this case I love it. Mm-hmm. is a ripple effect because there's other countries around the world who are using this as a blueprint. There's about 40 other countries who are using this. Um, and so I'll get to some, one of, some of those countries a little bit later. But this awesome. case that just got struck down, it was it's reverberating around the world. I love it. And a lot of what I heard on Twitter when this was struck down was... Um, there was some backlash because other countries would say like, thanks for catching up India. But a lot of people would say like, no, this is colonialism. Like, yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm, actually, was I getting to the, were you going to yes, get to that? You just, okay, and actually, sorry. that's kind of, no, that's fine. Part of the huge theme about all, you know, these countries from around the world or it's literally, there's a movement right now about decolonization. And so yes. we'll get to that a little bit later, but that's what it is. Okay. Like someone said, like, they're like, Oh, India isn't Westernizing. They're decolonizing. Yes. Cause before, I mean, the Karma Sutra and, all of that like was way more accepting yep 
Yeah. And so um, it's funny because the journey of this, it's, it talks about resilience because originally actually sections of this were first struck down back in 2009 in the Delhi mm. High Court. And mm. then in 2013, the Supreme Court had overturned that in 2013, essentially saying that uh, these matters should be left up to parliament, not the judiciary. And so the lawyers were like, what? How are we having to go back mm. to this? And so then it went through many different sort of levels of courts before it went through in 2018. So it was mm. just a reminder of you know um resilience you know yes. i think that so much we can be like oh like progress like it sometimes it's, it's two steps forward one step back but you just right. keep going forward i think like even here you know people are just like oh everything's so hopeless like well not now but after the election people were and as we're seeing yeah and, as, and sometimes that's what happens is that like you know th- like y- there's an like you have to continue pushing forward towards the opposition until they're not there anymore we're exactly. all on the same side you just got to keep on pushing. Yep. Yeah. And so part of their main argument was around the idea of and how they're able to win it was this idea of right to life, liberty and expression, which should be applied to everyone, especially LGBT people. And that's a huge yeah. sort of the right to life, liberty and expression. It's so interesting like, hearing all these different countries who are talking about this. And, you know, in my very Americanized mind, I was thinking that there's such an American ideal. It's actually a very like, you uni- many countries have that as part of their foundation of the rights. Mm. So life, liberty, and expression. And so that was, you know, something they were able to uh, really be able to fight for on those basis because that's part of, like, within the constitution, their own constitution. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I... And so they're, yeah, part of within their constitution, there's this constitutional morality. And underneath that, they're able to fight for the protection of the rights of minorities and that it's a purposeful part of the constitution, which was actually mm. just written back in the 1940s um, and adopted into the 50s. So it's very, their constitution is fairly, really new. new. Yeah. yeah. Mm hmm. And um, so, yeah, like there, there's kind of, we're able to argue that it's not a social morality uh, or a majority. Uh, that it's just it's part of their rights uh, of their values and mm-hmm. it's interesting too you know there are 91 estimated 91 million lgbt folks living in india oh wow 91 because million because think about this there's 1 billion people that live in india so, so they figure true. about 9% right it's a lot yeah of people. So that's a lot of people who, although in some parts of the country it wasn't necessarily that you were arrested, but like they were living underneath the clout that their sexual behavior was criminalized. And that Ugh. is a huge sort of stigma to live underneath. Although, oh like, my God. Yeah. And that's how sometimes, like, when there are these laws in place in some of these countries, they might say, well, we're not really, like, you know, enacting them, but like you could. And that's still the fact that it's there on the books to live with that. Like, that's, yeah. that's a lot. That's a lot of social weight. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they were talking about the lawyers were talking about that, you know, are that also this case will be pivotal and be a landmark case in the rights for other people in the country who mm. are not part of the majority. So people who are religious minorities um, mm. or other sort of uh, ethnic groups who are kind of on the fringe within India, because this will be a case that they'll be able to reference. Uh, so oh, it's kind of good. cool to be that point that I mean, mm-hmm. how cool is it that this case about queer issues is the landmark case for other minorities in the country. I think that's excellent because normally it's the other way around. So I think that that is beautiful in a way of kind of just creating, opening up doors for everyone. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and then they said that, you know, they argued that, you know, hey, listen to the to the judges that you will either be remembered for either sodomy laws or expanding freedom. And <laughs> expanding freedom sounds better. Yeah, absolutely. And people really like there's all these countries they really want to be on the forefront and sort of be ahead of the times on things. And so we're mm-hmm. able to sort of also look and say, hey, look, this is actually from these are not our laws. This is from leftover from colonization. People are like, yes. ooh. We don't want that because they're trying to decolonize. Exactly. Uh, oh, here's the other bomb ass thing that India did. Mm. There was an apology issued to the community and their Ooh. families. Oh, that they are I love now, that. Right? Isn't that good. beautiful? It's something that mm-hmm. like never happens in our country. Hello, we're constantly asking for apologies on behalf of so many people on this podcast. Yep, absolutely. And so they're saying, you know, next, you know, there are seismic changes that are coming every day that even now, like, it was like the day that the case had happened, uh, that it was announced that this was the new ruling. And there were these, uh, and not even like a very, like, it was not even like a, not even like in Delhi or one of the the bigger cities. It was in one of the smaller cities. And there were these uh, queer men who were out celebrating with like their flags and stuff. And a reporter Mm -hmm. was like, to the police were standing there. And the reporter was like, oh, aren't you going to, you know, are you going to arrest them or do anything? And the police are like, no, this is the new law now. And so like, I love that, that they're just like, oh, we're just going to follow whatever the laws and the rules are. Yeah. But also, who the fuck are these people asking them to like arrest them and stuff? I think the journalist was like, I think, they were just asking a probing question. Oh, I don't think they were oh, like, okay. arrest them, officers. Okay, they're being good. gay. I don't think that was what was happening. Who is I that think- person? <laughs> 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 yeah, they sound a little gay amongst themselves. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't protest too much. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, well, that also, sound, that's beautiful. I love this. Sidebar, I have this, no- I have this in my notes and I wanted to share. <laughs> okay. There was uh, there was a sign language part. There was two sign language people going. And yeah. I when you're doing the sign language stuff, you have to keep doing it even if the person you're doing it for isn't paying attention. Because the guy oh. like was like looking off and away, and they just kept doing their thing. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Like he was looking hmm. at someone else. I don't know. So oh. it's a tough job. Keep performing. I mean, yeah, sign language is hella hard. Any translation to me, yeah, is hella gotta- hard. Because you gotta you know be that? listening and like yes. you know, and translating. And actually, we actually were in a room that was like that. We were in a UN room where everywhere Ooh. where you sat had a little microphone that like went up to you, Fancy. and you had like either mute or talk. You could press. Look and at you. Sometimes my town. button would accidentally be on, and my uh, coworkers like your mic is on. I'm like, what? Oh. And sometimes oh someone would be God. leaving their mic on, and you could hear James all their rustling of their pages. Just like, You'd be like, <clears throat> so, <laughs> yeah, you would just hear it because it's loud. <laughs> This gum is good. Okay, so that's the main case, and I want to talk about the ripple effects. So, what's going on around the world? So, there are four countries that I want to highlight here in this section, and then I want to, if there's time, uh, just peek into some other ones that are just getting revved up. But in total, there are 77 countries that criminalize homosexuality. Half Mm. of them received it from British colonialism. Colonialism. Wasn't even their laws. And we've talked Mm -hmm. about this before. If you want to go back in the trenches, go back to our episode where we talk about the history of homosexuality in Africa. Oh, yeah. That one is a good one. It's a great one where, you know, we didn't have names to, like, name it necessarily homosexuality. But it wasn't until, like, the Portuguese came in the 1500s and they were like, this is wrong. 
and they Colonial were, we were is a man just like what the fuck con- and I feel like we're really in this era of really that's exactly what we're doing is we are finally becoming aware and awake to the colonialism that happened and we're decolonizing our minds our yes. countries our cultures and it's we're just about appreciating the roots of where your country comes from and the beautiful gifts that you give and can share with the rest of the world instead of deeming a handful of cultures as the sophisticated elite culture and forcing circles into squares. Yep. Absolutely. So there's, um, in Singapore, they had a case that didn't succeed, um, Mm. but it has public mobilization and they're, they're about to do another, another case. They're about to, it's going to come up again. So their first case failed, but anytime Mm. your first case fails, it kind of just helps to sort of chip away at Mm -hmm. the movement that you're going towards and you keep going, like we were talking about earlier. And apparently like in Singapore, so they lost in 2014 and Remy Chu, he was there. Um, he was the lawyer that was uh, representing the case. It was really cool Mm. to have these lawyers who were arguing these landmark universal yeah, just Isn't there this, just there just hanging out with Karamo mm-hmm. and me um, just me and Karamo sounds like it's, were you guys just sitting on a couch in the yeah, middle they're... of the living room <laughs> <laughs> but apparently the courts in Singapore are very technical um, and I but the Singapore case Singapore that... is a random place like you can't tell if it is it a it's, it's hard to define it's very gray yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the case in India uh, is, again, showing a blueprint of how they're going to sort of maneuver their next time. I mm-hmm. And it's interesting because in the court in Singapore, it, 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 something is, if it's called extra legal consideration. So yeah. for them, they're like, oh, this isn't for the courts to decide because for them, it just seems like it's more of like a social um, issue or it should be yeah, up to the court weird. of public opinion or parliament. So it's sort of challenging. Um, but the court... Courts are the way that, the, mm-hmm. especially if you're a minority, you're, the courts are the best way for you to get rights because right. you're not going to win a vote because you're the minority, you know? Yeah. And what I mean by gray is I think like it, it really kind of hovers between a democracy and a dictatorship. Yeah. And also yeah. there's like all of these different, um, it's, there's, it's all one, it's just Singapore. Right. It's not like, you know. It's not like it's broken up into like different. Yeah. There's just one law of the land. Yeah. There's no like, it's, um, it's interesting. So I can see it being an uphill battle. Yeah. To, to work there in Singapore, but I'm glad that it's chipping away. And the fact that it's like even gotten up to the point where it's at, you know, these giant court cases at like their most like Supreme Court Mm -hmm. case. There was a judge that back in 2011, uh, there's a prosecution of a gay man who is having sex with a man on a toilet. And so that kind of, I think helped bring this to the forefront. Mm -hmm. And there was a judge that said that he, um, when he was a judge, he didn't want to, this law struck down. The law, I don't know if I said it, but it's uh, S37, S377A mm-hmm. is there one that criminalizes uh, homosexuality. Mm-hmm. And there was a judge, he was like, oh, I don't want this law struck down. But then when he became attorney general, he got there and wrote a piece about how it was actually unconstitutional. Um, oh. But as attorney general, he wasn't in a place to like, as a judge, he could have had power. But like as attorney oh. general, um, he wasn't able to do it. And Interesting. So, I know he pub, public, you know, just yeah, politics. This is wild. But side note, Singapore, yeah. the most beautiful airport I've ever oh, been to. Okay, 
put that if you're on your weird. list of airports to go to singapore singapore i went on i went to thailand i was showing pictures to a friend and they're like what's this butterfly garden in thailand oh, i was like that's the singapore airport that's just, that's just how they do that's how they yeah, do they have a butterfly ass garden well you know what i love that let butterflies fly and let men fuck men that's all i'm saying i just, mean clean you know toilets <laughs> to fuck on that's as it's so hard to ask is it so hard to ask i mean if you're gonna have very clean toilets might as well as be able to fuck on them Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Singapore um, <laughs> was that a good segue back into the conversation Singapore yeah, just, has yeah, managed to uh, weaponize the language of pro- progress so um, oh. we're not charging you why you, you oh, I don't know what this note is anymore well I don't know what this means anymore but I guess they're able okay. to weaponize their language of progress uh, oh because it's around this idea that uh, we have to be obsessed with being better Singapore wants to be ahead of the curve so they're able to use that they're like we don't want to be behind the times we're keeping a law from 1878 from the and the UK can't even explain why, where this law came from their buggery law of like the 1500s like no one even really knows where that came about from and so it's huh. a law that's affecting all these different countries so that's the language that they're able to sort of attack it from there so are they oh okay okay um, okay. And then we go to Sri Lanka. We mm-hmm. had the lawyer. Her name was Supa Washerwardena. Okay. You know, and sound it out. Sounding it out. Just using my letters. Uh, mm-hmm. Pronouncing it. So Sri Lanka is very, very preliminary. So they, of where they are in it. And two, but to the point where two of the members of their parliament has said, hey, this has happened in India. We need to catch up. So it's I love starting that. Yes. to come on board. So again, India is paving the way. Hell yeah. Um, Sri Lanka is kind of in this weird space right now because they're currently in a constitutional crisis. Uh-oh. I, th- but, but that's trying- a perfect chance for change. Exactly. And so what they're trying to do is shame them and then need to catching up so this is a good good way of using shame yeah (laughs) um and no shame in the game ain't no shame in the shame game Uh, Mm. shame 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 the fools (laughs) 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 uh but it wasn't always a place for lgbti people to visibly protest or celebrate Mm. um and so, in, in fact, like, still their celebrations, their pride celebrations have to be in a safe space. Oh, my uh, God. They have a pride bus. I don't know what that means, but instead oh. of a pride parade, they have a bus that, I guess, drives around. And oh, safety. You're enclosed. You're enclosed. People can't come get you when you're in a bus, which is sad. Yeah. But also, I love the idea of it. Because it does sound kind of fun. Because that's fun. Ooh, I love a, I love a rowdy bus ride. A party bus. A party, party bus. bus. Sign me up. But, but you should have the option to be able to be in yeah, a parade or a party bus. Yeah, you should be able to be in the street. Bus. Or in a party bus, not yeah. have to protect yourself in a bus. <laughs> in a bus, because this is only, my only option. Yeah. Um, because of the class system, it also, and a lot of these countries kind of have a similar thing, that because of the class system, it's, it will sort of signify who gets to speak, and because mm-hmm. who also has safety from the cops, who right. has a family that's going to be able to support them as well. Right. Like, it's actually like sometimes a privilege to be able to be able to just come out. Like, it's a thing that, like, like you have, like, money, mm-hmm. so you're you're protected. I think that's here too in America. Yeah. And I mean, even back in like the, you know, uh, Shakespeare's days of when they had, Mm -hmm. there was, you know, queer men who were, you know, running around doing stuff. But like it was an aristocratic type thing because Mm -hmm. you could just be in your family's giant ass mansion, gain it up and nobody cared. Right. And you had the privilege of being a man too. 
very true. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get to decriminalization. I it's there. It's hard because I the bigotry runs deep. Uh, queer Muslim women have like zero visibility, uh. and the struggles are just sort of ongoing. And so, uh, but they're going. They're coming along. They're working at it. They're looking to India as an example to move forward. Yes, absolutely. That's excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a few other countries. So you've got Kenya. Uh, mm-hmm. And in Kenya, again, they're looking to fight for the right to life, right to dignity, and right yes. to privacy. Right to privacy Ooh. is the way that they're kind of organizing. Because it's like, what uh-huh. do you... And privacy is a big thing in Kenya. And, and, and so it's like, well, you're not allowing people to be able to be private. Yeah, I think that's super important. Let people mm-hmm. have their lives without scrutiny or judgment. Privacy. Yeah. yeah. Well, the big oppositions that they're facing in Kenya are the Attorney General, the Muslim no. Front, and the Christian leaders. Mm. And I there's so they right, so they have a separation of power between the three branches, similar to like what we have. Uh-huh. And so again, the judiciary is sort of their best approach. And when uh, 2013 was when their reversal was is was was about to start happening uh there was there's a Kenyan queer community who started to um come out of the woodwork when in 2013 when they got their first reversal mm. i people were showing up to they were seeing like oh wow like the like litigation is where the action is at and so all these wow. like queer Kenyan people were starting to like come out um oh. and and, to the, and, like, again, they're still using, like, hey, look at this thing in India. How is it affecting us? Oh, uh, wow. When, okay. Because the India thing, again, started back in 2009. And so people were able to start using that to fight their litigation. And in 2015, their mo- things move very slowly, though, in the courts in Kenya. So in 2015, they filed. Um mm. And they did work with the National Gay Rights Human Commission in 2013. Oh, they started their chapter of the National Gay Rights Human Rights Commission in 2013. And uh, that's who they were doing their litigation through. Mm-hmm. And um, again, there's privilege in class that's happening there in Kenya, who has the right to sort of be out and proud and free. Right. And then they won. They won. Oh. And, and that, yeah, they won. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's it's the first step. There's another tier in their mm-hmm. uh, fight that they have to go to. But when they won, then uh, there were two orgs that fractioned from this who had different mm. views of like how to move forward. But in 2018, recently, they mm-hmm. came back together. And there oh. were so many people who were at the court that they were like, we got to find y'all a bigger room. Because mm. there were so many people who were there to support from allies, mothers, teachers, preachers. Wow. Yeah, I love it. One thing that I want to point out, um, I was kind of thinking like, what's the direct connection between India and Kenya? If they um, if it was just purely through the news or was there any connection? And there is a connection of the British Empire and colonization of the two um, countries. So I wanted to point that out as well. Yep. And that's probably that's a really interesting point that you uh, bring up there. Those sort of connections of of, there's probably some channels that are still built from the, the yes, you know, colonizing worlds um and then this lawyer who's representing this is very optimistic about where it's going it's still uh being fought currently um Mm. but she's very optimistic she's like you know how could we not win this case everything we have to give we we've given it into this this court and they're just going to keep on giving so i the future of the world might be in africa i love it 
Um, really quick, just some other really interesting, fun things that are happening around the world in Nigeria. Yes. Also, I forgot, like, you know, it's so interesting. Like, we have to remember that Africa is like 52 African countries, you know, it gets yeah. lumped Africa's together. Africa's a continent. Yeah. And um, there was uh, this one lawyer, uh, Zenahara Mohammed. She talks mm-hmm. about how Nollywood's been very influential in Nigeria. Nollywood Ooh. is like, it's the little, film industry. It's the film industry. It's like one of the leading film industries in the continent of Africa. But like, I, yeah, they were able to produce like queer films through Nollywood recently. Ooh, I love it. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's happening with, uh, oh, and a few years ago, the president had said, we don't have any gay people. And then a celebrity came out and he was like, he was like, uh, yes, you do. I'm gay. And then it started to become more normalized. And what a dumbass statement. And yeah, and so, but he said, I think people like view it and some African countries I know view it as in the, they're looking at it in the way that like homosexuality from a westernized world and idea i think mm-hmm. and so the words don't mean the same thing to different countries and peoples mm. and i uh, this same-sex marriage Pro- prohibition act um back then 94 percent of people of nigeria were in favor of it and now it's 82 percent um are going in favor. Down. So it's going down and uh and so there is progress that's happening same thing um mm-hmm. in tunisia they're having female film festivals i again homosexuals were criminalized since the french colonization so it was the french mm-hmm. coming in uh mm-hmm. through, through to there and hiv events have been a way as a trojan horse for them to be able to talk about queer issues because um, they've been able to say hey we're going to have these HIV education prevention events and then they're like oh okay and then through that they're able to talk about queer issues and create a space and awareness of it through there because that's how they're doing it Um, in Lebanon there's some great stuff that's happening as well I Mm. Let's see, Lebanon, they're in a a governmental flux right now. Um, But this guy that was leading the conversation, Tarek Zaidan, he is part of uh, Helam, and it's one of the oldest Middle Eastern LGBT orgs in the region. And he said, listen, uh, if you can't get in the house, if you can't get in the house through the front door, try the window. If you can't get into the window, try the chimney. And I'm like, I love love that. Resilience. Mm -hmm. That's really Uh, good. Keep trying. Uh, he says that there's essentially a queer mafia that's kind of organizing and, and trying to strategize there okay. and making some movements happening there. Good. And my favorite, last one I want to touch on, is in the Pacific Islands. Mm-hmm. There was a trans woman by the name of Felicia Brown Acton. Mm. And she has just, she is a powerhouse. And she's mm. been laying down a lot of work for transgender, uh, le- essentially the transgender blueprint in the Asian Pacific Islands region. Any specific a- island or just the she, region? She, so, Soja Siak, Soja Siak, something of that effect. Mm-hmm. I think it was an island she was on. She did mention that like her island is heavily affected by climate change. The fact that uh, um, so many people have left, and wow. she either said twenty eight thousand or twenty eight hundred left. I think maybe it was twenty eight hundred left because only a thousand people left on her island. Wow, and that's that's so small. 
And they've so they've fled to New Zealand because of climate change. And she said what was really interesting is that part of her culture is to be so selfless and to really be about the community. So she said sometimes, Mm. um, you know, I sometimes fighting for one's one's self identity gets put on the back burner because you need to be there for your family and your community. And so so it made me think about what a privilege it even is to be able to stand up and fight for your own self and your own identity. Right. It's so true. Yeah. And so it's so interesting because, again, she talks about how, you know, the criminalization laws of homosexuality have been left over from British colonialism again. Yep. Yeah. Um, and she has fought for their strides in trans health care that's happening in the Asian Pacific Islands. Mm. And what she was saying, I, she said a lot of really interesting points about how we need to amplify the issues of others. We have a responsibility to do that. And yeah. so even if it's not necessarily your issue that you're directly uh, uh, affected by it, we need to amplify the issues of other people's, making a conscious effort to advocate and amplify the voices of everyone. You know, yes. She talks about putting your money where your mouth is so orgs can actually get out there and and and, and do the work. I think it was just so interesting about, in general, the... Oh, she also mentioned this, 22 different islands and countries in the Paci- in the Pacific Islands, and yet they only get one vote in the UN. What the Chi- fuck is that? China Those- gets one vote. They're one country. Like, let the different islands be able to have representation, you know? I agree with that. Yeah. Well, I thought... I know that's a lot, and I just... Um, no, but this go is good, because for- it's like we traveled around the world, and we got some insight on what is happening, because we live in such bubbles. We yeah. live in our own little... Um, country bubble where we're like okay this is happening in my face right now and we need to look outside of that because we're all a part of the same globe and just we're all interconnected just like how this um, article 377 is causing Mm -hmm. this ripple effect Um, a lot of the things can that's positive there's also the negativity like the fascism that's going on around the world right now in brazil and um almost happened in france so we need to be conscious of the climate around the world so we can keep tabs on our own climate yeah so i think this is excellent that you're tapping us in we're global global citizens being global citizens and it also just kind of made me also kind of look at like you know the work that we also have to continue like you were saying to do uh, at a local level and also just at a global level and just like doing the work like whatever the work is just like continuing to get involved because you know freedom and democracy it's it's always earned and you you know mm-hmm. you don't just and, and you're not just born into it, you have to fight for it and like we're at a time now where we're all being asked to fight for it and it's something that's really interesting too about why you know LGBTQ issues or they said at the conference they called it LB LGBTI. Um, mm. They did not have the Q, so it's also interesting. Always learning of like what groups are defining it as what. But yeah, I, the LGBTI issues are really the world issues because of the intersectionalities. It's mm. the only group yes. that is connected to everything. Mm. There are, you know, um, you know, people of all different religions in that community, all different of, you know, physical abilities in that community. Yes. You know, like so that's why different when we fight genders, for these different, different yeah. genders, like when we fight mm-hmm. for these rights, they then peter off into all of our other different rights that we're fighting for. And so yes. that's why when we work at equality for LGBT, once we get equality for LGBT folks across the board, then we're all gonna be equal because we make up every group that there possibly is. Mm, mm, that's a good point i never really yeah. thought about how much of a spoke yeah it is ooh. where that splinters out into yeah no, that's really fascinating well, um and- no this is good 
Well, as we move into the new year, I really want to challenge my fellow, uh, you know, folks in the queer community specifically to look into the different ways that you can really be getting involved um, in your communities and, and pioneering. I just taught a workshop for LGBT homeless youth, uh, an mm. acting workshop. Nice. And I want to credit this podcast and you and Eke and Minority oh. Corner because... I have made because of the corner that I discovered through doing this show. Yes, I, where you know I found out that forty five percent of the uh, LGBT youth are uh, are are home. No, forty five percent of LGBT youth make up the homeless the youth homeless population. Did oh, I say that right? Oh, so forty five percent of the youth homeless population are a part of the are queer. Yes, exactly. And I did that fact has just been haunting me ever since. And it made it mm. part of my mission. I made a declaration. I said, this is my cause. This, These are my humans that I am yes. fighting for. I love and it. And I, you know, it's taught a workshop. Us. It's This podcast is literally, you know, changing us. And we put yeah. our money where our mouth is and we talk about these issues and we get in there and right. we, you know, are getting involved. So I want to especially challenge folks within the queer community of how you can give back to within your community and like the marginalized of the marginalized is that, you know, LGBT mm-hmm. seniors, the folks who are undocumented who are queer, HIV positive people who are, or like, what work can you do in yes. volunteering? Like, if there's something that you're really interested in doing, there's a group that would love for you to come in and like teach a class on it. Like whether, yeah, you know, like- Yeah, that's beautiful. And what a way for you to, you know, share your passion, your bliss, your interest, and it's so easy and they'll get so much out of it. And just, we have to continue to look out for our, our own within our community. Um, so if you're not giving time, give money. If you're not giving money, give time or both, you know? <laughs> I mean, this is a time of such this is consumerism times a million like consumerism on um steroids so why don't you give a gift that does not involve consumerism you know this is the right time to do that and they also mm -hmm. started like planning like what will be this year how are you going to be of service in this next year to the communities that you can best serve what you doing for 2019 boom I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne, and I'm Judge John Hodgman. If you live on the west coast of North America, we're coming your way. That's right, Judge John Hodgman is taking justice to the west coast on tour. Starting where? Vancouver, British Columbia, January 15th, then to Seattle, Washington on the 16th, Portland, Oregon on the 17th, San Francisco, California on the 18th, and Los Angeles, California, the City of Angels on January 22nd. Tickets are on sale now. You can find links to all of the shows at MaximumFun.org. And if you're going to be in one of those cities and you have a dispute we can try on stage, send it to us. Just go to MaximumFun.org JJHO or email Hodgman at MaximumFun.org. I'm ready to judge you on the road. Take that, Jack Kerouac, author of On the Road. Well, we're back from our worldwide trip. Yeah, I just put my bags down. Oof. I'm about to unpack. All right, unpack all yeah. that. We've Take been a around shower. the world. I, I, I. Now we know <laughs> our <About> rights. <laughs> the countries. Yeah, we so, know. we got a tweet, tweet of the week. <gasps> oh, tweet, tweet, tweet of the week, week. This is from at Star Wombat. Oh, yeah. I like that handle. Um, 
goes totally getting way into minority corner right now and like i'm only two episodes in and i'm already learning so much and thinking about stuff a little differently in a really good way love that improving as a person shit yay that's oh, fun thank you i love that i love that quote i love that tweet. isn't that great so that was good. fun <laughs> it's like i love it sassy just us, like uh, us too i know like the, i was like wow perfect listener right there yeah. <laughs> um Oh, uh, you know, one thing, too, and like I want to I want to clock mm-hmm. my own gay man oh. bias for a second. Oh, OK. Something clock happened at the it. conference. There was a uh, breakout section that was um, essentially about uh, LBT. It was mm-hmm. about invisibility and resilience, LBT. And mm-hmm. my gay ass assumed like, <laughs> oh, I guess they just forgot the G because I've n- honestly Dang. never been in a space where like the G hasn't been included. And the panel oh. was like, these, it was all, it was I, uh, you know, two trans women. It was a trans yeah. trans woman, um, mm-hmm. a nine bi- non-binary person, and then uh-huh. uh, a trans man. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just even like halfway through, I was like, "Oh wow, there's not a gay man up there. That's weird. Uh, not weird, or just like I've never seen that before." Oh, you checked your privilege. I did. I was like, "Oh, oh, that's what this is." And it was a very fascinating. Ah. I really appreciated an LBT talk and just like yes. sitting on that and just here. So I wanted. I'm glad um, you went. That's I, good. Me, me too. Oh, little fun tidbit. They also talked about how in some countries, especially like in in Egypt, they don't even. They're not war. There's no laws about women being with each other because they don't mm. even view women as having sexual desires. Oh my god! Which yep. is like a whole other thing. So there's no rules. There's no laws to criminalize against it because they're like, oh, mm. that's not a real thing. Like they're not. There's no lesbians. Oh, what is that? Isn't that interesting? So there's nothing. No laws that's even against disgusting. them. That's disgusting. Yeah. It's like what the fuck, man. Women. Uh, anyways, I'm yeah. so glad that one. You're telling us all about this stuff because we're learning about the different perceptions that people have mm-hmm. and how to challenge it. Yeah. And two, challenging your own, pri- we got to challenge our own privileges all the time. Yeah. It's the only way to grow. I, well, learn, well, do we learn, laugh, and play? That That's growing. You're growing. I know we haven't doing. said, we haven't said it in a long time. Well, that's because so. the robots do it for us. Or like our, <laughs> our old selves do it. Our automated, I forgot what our ta- catchphrase was. I was, I was like, is it growing there? You know, my What's cousin, the, her. What's the she, name of this podcast again? Where are we? Because we don't say the beginning. My cousin has a signature on her text that says mm-hmm. learn, laugh, and grow or something. And I'm like, hmm. You're like copyright okay. infringement. <laughs> But you know, I will say, I, I go. I'm sorry to go on and on about the conference, but you know what? It made me realize most of all in that gate that what? there's amazing work being done around the world. And yes, one, it's not the the future of the world does not fall onto America's shoulders because you've yes. got countries like India who are lighting the way in the light. And, Thank you. And and it just it kind of it made it was so beautiful to see that there's such amazing work being done around the world. And it might look different too. It's not gonna look like the movements that we had in the sixties because yes. there's different culturally they want different things and it's gonna exactly. look in different ways. A lot of them are not even looking to fight for they don't care about marriage equality. They just want basic human rights so preach this is one of my biggest gripes with social media and all of you guys out there that are like quote unquote you know progressive activists talking about how the world is ending and how the world is so terrible because of trump and i want to be like 
you are so centrist American mm. right now. Yep. You need to expand it to the rest of the world mm-hmm. and calm the fuck down mm-hmm. and do the work in America and yep. realize that there are billions of other people yeah. outside of America right now. We are not the center, the sun and the moon of the world. So calm the fuck down. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. And you know what? Even like take notes from these other countries who are doing amazing, great, wonderful yes. things. So that was my huge takeaway too. It's like, oh my God, everyone's like going all crazy over shit. And it's like, there's beautiful things that are happening and there's fights that are happening at other places. So like, like you said, calm down people. Yeah, and get do to the work. work that you need to do. <laughs> yeah, but we're not the center of the world. No, we're, we're not, not the center. No, it's we're magma. Not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What you call me? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Stop it. Uh-huh. Well, um, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> we've reached we, the end. We've reached so, the end. I have no more words us. to say. Yeah, tweet, tweet at us. us. Where uh, minority corner with a K? Email us minority corner with a K at gmail dot com. Facebook. Um, Is that it? Yeah. Facebook, Minority <laughs> Corner Kids, the Kids Playground. Playground. Um, what else? Uh, I think that's all, those are all the things. Those are I all think the things. That's it. Thanks and for listening, we you have guys. We have Ask Minority Corner that'll be happening for next week. Um, and so get in. It'll be the last view, last chance before the year ends. But I mean, then the year. Uh, yes. But then yes. the new year starts. Get it. But just get it in now. <laughs> you want to be part of this year, this 2018. Get it in. Get it in. Deadline wait is next approaching. Year. Yeah. I know. Well, thank you all for listening to Minority Corner. Because together, we're the majority. majority. Have a good week, y'all. Love you. Bye. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.